Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com offer 23. Because when we're thinking about sex, at least in my generation, you're thinking about women who are talking about it, mostly porn stars, people are, who are very different than me. And I cannot see myself in those people. But when I hear from uh, other podcasts, I hear from colleagues, other women who are in a, a monogamous relationship and are talking about steps that people can take to improve their sex life, that was very powerful for me because I could see myself in those women. girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. 
You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy-to-use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am so excited for this episode. I'm so excited to share one of my best friends, my sister from another mister, Dr. Nazanin Mowali, who is an internationally recognized psychologist, educator, sex therapist, and podcaster. Her private practice is located in Los Angeles, California. She specializes in working with couples and individuals struggling with issues of sex and intimacy. We all need her in our lives. I'm telling you right now, myself included. She hosts a weekly podcast called Sexology, introducing the most intriguing findings in the psychology of sex and intimacy. So please help me by welcoming Dr. Nazanin Moali. Dr. Moali, thank you so much for being on. I've been flooded with questions and I can't wait to ask you all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but a good amount of them. How have you been? Wonderful. Veronica, I'm so excited and honored to be here. I love your podcast. I love your Instagram account. I know you always keep it real. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for those of you that don't know, Dr. Moali and I are really good friends. Like she's totally my sister from another mister. We partied, we've laughed, we've cried, we've ordered crazy amounts of alcohol and just enjoyed ourselves. And one thing I absolutely love about you is you are very much real. You are very much beyond educated. And I love that you give us a different approach. I love, love that you give us a different approach. And so I'm just going to go into it. The main reason why I wanted you on was obviously to cover like, well, to uncover what are the mistakes we are making as wives? You know, communication is big, right? Intimacy is big. However, sex is also really big. And I was, you know, looking at one of your posts one day and it just like, it still hasn't gotten out of my head. Like when we, when we, People that got married, we didn't we didn't sign up for celibacy. And it got me thinking, Willie totally got lucky that night, by the way. So he <laughs> thanks you. But it was just like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And I think about all of the times, me personally, where it's like, dude, I'm tired. I don't even have time for that. Like, I know when it happens, it's so much fun. But it's like, just like, I'd rather sleep. And then I regret it later. Like, no, dude, that, you could have had a good time. So I want to ask you, what are some common mistakes us wives make? Well, I'm so glad you brought that up, that we all have been there, right? That like being a mother, being a wife, being a professional, you can be tired. There's so many things in your list that can easily uh, lead to sex being deprioritizing, uh, get deprioritized. But what's really important to think about that whenever you are choosing to deprioritize sex long term, it will have a consequence in your relationship. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. I'm not saying that in order to have a healthy marriage, you have to have sex certain number of the time. That's BS. It's not working for everyone. But it's important for you to have satisfying sexual experiences with your spouse. Because if you're not prioritizing sex in the relationship, you become like turned roommates, you become uh, more like friends, and you're no longer a lover. At times, I see lots of parents, their dynamic become the parent and child dynamic, and it's not sexy anymore. So it's important to make sure that you are uh, prioritizing sex by scheduling it in your calendar. I think what you brought up is so important that it's most people start their marriage with having like passionate sexual experiences. But when life happens, when you have kids, then it becomes less of a priority and 
we have this misconception that scheduled sex is not a good sex. Sex is something that has to happen spontaneous. And there is no room in our schedule. We are super booked. So how is it possible to have spontaneous sexual experiences if your kid's around, if you have busy schedule and you're exhausted when you go home? Yeah, no, I... You know, I thought the same thing with regards to scheduled sex. I even mentioned it to Willie. I was like, okay, babe, we totally, you know, Nazanin says we have to schedule sex. So we got to schedule it. And he's like, hold on, I'm not scheduling it. (laughs) And after he and I had a conversation about it, it's like, okay, well, then when is it going to happen? You know, we can, we can rely on, you know, our urges. We can rely on when we're feeling it, but I'm not feeling it after yelling at my 14 year old or after, you know, having a conversation with Aaliyah, you know, who's moved out or after I did a bedtime story with Brooklyn and I'm still in the whole like, huh, do I need to hire a tutor for her with regards to reading? Cause that's where my head goes. My head then automatically goes to, huh, maybe I should hire a tutor with her. Maybe I'm not reading with her enough. I need to read with her more. The last thing I'm thinking of is, okay, I just read this great book about, you know, um, dork diaries or whatever. I'm totally ready to have sex. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. (laughs) There's something sexy about the dork diaries. Hell no. That's the last thing I'm thinking of. And so I guess I'm going to ask you, like in your marriage, how has this worked? How has this benefited both you and Arash? Well, I think you brought up a great point about like we're not feeling it. Like everyday life for most people is not lending themselves to being a sexual and how it works for our marriage is I, I think schedule sex is a must and we've been scheduling it. It doesn't mean that you cannot have spontaneous, wild, crazy sexual experiences and vacations other times. But what does happen when you schedule sex First of all, you have some space that you know is designated for relationship sexual health. It doesn't mean that sometimes you might be exhausted, you don't want to have intercourse, but you can do a number of different things that help you to remain connected with your spouse. You can do erotic massage, you guys can read things, make out, all sorts of things. But This is a commitment that you're making to your marriage. The other piece that's really, really helpful for many women, including myself, is that when you have a busy life, it's not that common for you to experience spontaneous desire. Like if you're not like at your desk uh, working and then all of a sudden you're feeling horny, that can happen right? But it's not common. And that's not something that you can rely on because life is so stressful and chaotic. What happens is when you schedule sex, you uh, prepare your mind and body to be in this erotic space during a specific time. So if you're stressed out, you do things to distress. Maybe you can do a breathing exercises, or you can help your mind to transition from day-to-day life to this erotic uh, part of the relationship. I have lots of clients, and I've done that myself at times, at reading uh, erotica that helps you to uh, feel that excitement in your body. So it helps you to uh, show up in the, this time in a place that you're ready to have good sexual experiences. And the other thing is, at times, many of my clients, they don't feel comfortable uh, about the, with their body, with their look, and that's a huge break for them. But if you know that it's a date night, you show up in a way that feels sexy to you. And that can help you to feel more more sexually open. You know, I I totally agree. You bring up a very, very good point. If I know it's scheduled, then I do. I do start to prep myself for that night. And, you know, I might shave my legs, you know, that morning because I know that night it's going to happen. And so there... There definitely is this preparation, and I think a lot of us do it without even knowing. You know, um, we we will. I, I know I've done it. I know I've done it where it's like, okay, tonight's the night. I'm not even gonna tell him, but I'm definitely scheduling it. You know, and for me, I know I needed to do that and dressed different. 
you know, I shower, shower every morning, but this time I paid very much close attention to the areas that I needed to shave. My makeup was different. My mood was totally different. What I wore to work. My husband was like, really, you're going to go to work with like that? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I am. I'll come back like this too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like all of those things. And I found myself more appreciative of him. I found myself not picking at him. So it, it, it is crazy. And that was, that was based off of, cause you know, I've always heard about um, scheduling sex, but it was like, no, nah, there's no way I'm scheduling. If I'm scheduling it, then Willie and I need to set up an appointment for marital therapy, you know, but I found it to be the opposite. I found it completely to be the opposite. So I really appreciate you saying that. And yeah, it was, it ended up being a great night of complete pleasure because my mind was already there with the things that I wanted to do. And I found myself getting so excited about certain positions and certain things that I'm going to surprise him here and I'm going to surprise him there. And hell yes, he's getting a blow job, you know, and it was just like all of this excitement. And I started to become, I'm not creative at all, like not even a little bit, but with this, it was like, I got to be a part of it. So what would you say is essentially what holds us back with following through with these things as wives? Well, we don't think about the long-term consequences of not having healthy sexual relationship with our partner. People think about, you know, it's it's good if we have good sexual experiences, but it's not a must. It breaks my heart to see in my practice that many times people coming in because their partner is not having sex with them and they end up going outside the relationship. Something that I wanted to clarify is that I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not saying that's uh, uh, what everyone does. But when we're not having sex with our partner, we are making our relationship vulnerable to outside uh, influences. And also, it changes our relationship. I bet many of your listeners can relate to when you go to a party, you can totally see who has warm relationship with their partner and who are like just co-parenting. And you want to have that strong bond with your partner because that creates safety for your children. If your children, they know that you and your partner, your their father are warm and passionate, they, they first of all, they get a good template of what is the passionate marriage look like, and it creates psychological safety for them. So not only it's good for you, for your relationship, for your own mental wellness, it's good for the family. So I think it's important to keep that in mind. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And I appreciate that example that you gave us when we go, you know, when we go to certain outings, you, you can tell, you can definitely tell the couples that are a little, that a lot more, well, even a little bit more intimate than others. You see where they sit, you know, and it's not like we're like, I'm assessing everybody, not at all. But now that you bring it up, it's like, ah, that totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. There's not a lot of flirting going on. And it brings me to this question that one of my daughters asked me. We were on our way to um, school, and you know, one of her kid, one of her friends, she's like, "Mom, this is so ridiculous. My friends follow you on Instagram. Like, what the hell?" Um, but she's like, you know, one of my friends had made a comment about one of your stories. You know, where you and Dad are flirting, and she had talked to me. She's like, she had talked to me about it. And she's like, "Your parents really do that, or is that just for social media?" You know, because she was completely shocked. And Aubrey was like, oh God, it's so embarrassing. My parents do that like all the time, you know, and my dad thinks like my mom's sexy and I just think it's ridiculous. And, um, and then the, the friend ended up asking her more questions and she's like, mom, I didn't know why she was asking me like so many questions about you and dad. Like I almost told her, I almost, I almost told her to stop following you. And I was going to ask you to block her. And I was like, well, what other questions did she ask? And then she started asking, well, have your parents ever kissed in front of you? You know, and then she started asking other questions, you know, um, well, how do your parents, how do your parents show each other love? And, you know, I asked Aubrey, I was like, well, what ended up happening with that conversation? Like, how did it end? And the little girl was, was sad because her parents weren't expressing that with each other. And so in her mind, that was what a relationship was supposed to look like. Zero intimacy, zero affection. And you guys are married, but you guys are married to be there for the kids. 
And so what Aubrey ended up sharing with me is, you know, it was one of her fears with getting in a relationship, you know, and she didn't want that. And it was like, oh my goodness, we don't think you're right. We don't think about like full circle and the longevity of like what we're essentially modeling for our kids. That lack of intimacy can be a huge, huge, you know, have a huge negative impact on our kids. Absolutely. And I ask my clients all the time that, okay, what are the pictures, what are the templates you have for healthy, passionate relationships? And most of the time, and you know, I'm I'm Iranian, I come from conservative background. People say we haven't seen our parents kiss. They were not close. They were not affectionate. And they're searching for templates. And what they what comes to mind, many people get their sex education from porn. And that is not realistic. So if you haven't seen the true passionate marriage and how it unfolds, it creates unrealistic expectation for people. And I've I've seen your posts. I know you and I know you're very good with boundaries. So uh, I know when people think about passionate relationship, they feel people are like they don't have boundaries. But People can see, your children can sense if you guys have the emotional intimacy and relational intimacy, and that's very healthy. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you, and guess what? It's 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy-to-use strategies to apply right now. That's right, right now, today. You all know I'm a huge advocate for you mamas, and I am on a mission to help you experience true connection and stress-free living. Ladies, we are setting our marriages up for success. It starts with you. You will find this freebie here in my show notes or go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash guide. The information I will be providing you is next level, and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend who needs it. You mentioned also the marriage being um, the marriage being at threat for something else entering in. What do you mean by that? Well, we all are sexual beings. There is nothing wrong with uh, having sexual appetite. It's it's completely normal at times we have more or less of that because of like life changes, because of health challenges. But if we are not getting our needs met, one thing that at times people do is there's two things. They either repress and suppress the sexual appetite and they don't have any uh, kind of like awareness of it. And somehow someone make them feel desirable. And that creates this revolution in them that like I didn't know there's that part of me exists. And I... I I barely seen people going out looking for efforts, at least for my clients, that someone comes and show them the part of themselves that they forgot. So that's that's part of it. I love that you said that. I love how you said it too. Somebody shows them a part of themselves that they forgot. Yeah, because when it's just us two, we think that the relationship is indestructible. Like nobody can come in and we're both used to this routine. We're both used to this sense of complacency, you know, and we're both on autopilot. So this is just something we just agreed upon. It was a nonverbal agreement, but it's just something we agreed upon. And you're hundred percent right in that. Yeah. Our marriages, all of our marriages are vulnerable to infidelity are vulnerable to complete shutdown and resentment. Absolutely. What would you say are other mistakes we make in um, us wives make in the bedroom? The other thing that I see is very common is that people say that if my partner knows me, they know what I would like in the bedroom. And that is such a trap, right, for the relationship for a number of different reasons. First of all, uh, like I'm in a long-term marriage and you're in a long-term marriage. The thing that you liked 15 years ago is no longer that you the thing you like right now. So I think it's it's important to keep that in mind. And what I see is people oftentimes, you know, you heard me talk about it, like have this leftover sex. At the beginning of the relationship, we say, oh, we're not doing these things. And the partner say, oh, thank God we're not doing the other this thing. And we, you are left with the narrow options of activities. And 
for last 20 years, you're doing the same routine, same position, same thing that turns boring. So my invitation for people is to think about communicating what you like and what you dislike with your partner. And at times coming in with some novel suggestions. And it doesn't mean to like uh, that you have to do this kind of like very out of norm for yourself activity. You don't need to install a swing or anything of that nature. It oh, could, damn be it. New- <laughs> <laughs> could be a new position that you're trying or having sex somewhere else. But one thing that makes relationships exciting is adding some novelty to it and communicating about it. Because, you know, like any anything, like if you go to a new restaurant, sometimes a new restaurant can be wonderful and now it's part of the rotations of the activities you're doing. Or it could be something that like you, you laugh about it later. But it's important to talk about what you like with your partner and taking the chance of incorporating new things. Can you give us some examples? As far as like incorporating new things or communication piece? Yeah, no, incorporating new things because I think a lot of us, a lot, especially as women, you know, depending on our cultural backgrounds, just as you, you know, you had, you had shared, we do go into, oh, you know, there's no way I can get a swing or there's no way we can, you know, act things out or try a new position. If I try a new position, my husband's going to think I'm sleeping with somebody or my husband's going to think I've been watching porn, you know, and so, nope, I'm going to stick to missionary or I'm on top and that's as far as it goes. So what can we do to go ahead and incorporate something new? What are, what are some skills or what are some, um, what are some positions or what are some things that you would suggest? Great. Sure. I think that's, that's so important to kind of talk about because where, where are we going to get ideas? So one thing that I recommend people to do is to, I know we talk about it uh, because I share with you, this is something we do, I, I do for my marriage is like naked happy hour. So what you're doing is is designated time, like playful time with your partner to talk about the sexual health of the relationship. So I often invite people to bring two, three ideas to those naked happy hour things. And if one easy way of doing it would be talking about your fantasies. Could be things that you've you've seen in the movies. Many of my female clients, there are scenes from the movies that they've seen that they love. Talking about that, this is something I really liked, honey. And just talking about fantasies can on its own spice up the relationship. Uh, it could be kind of like getting ideas from the uh, those those things that you watched. It could be uh, if there are people that they loved on the dirty talking. It could be reading out loud some of the eroticas that you're reading and you find it exciting. It could be kind of like trying a different version of the uh, kind of positions that you guys are already doing. So adding toys can be an easy way of spicing things up. Sometimes people feel uncomfortable with bringing sex sex toys because they don't want to offend their partner. My invitation for people is to definitely talk about it before bringing it to the bedroom. But it can be an additional tool that can help you to explore different things, explore different erogenous zones. Uh, There's so many interesting things out in the market. There are remote control toys that you can wear in the public and kind of like explore with that part of you guys. So there are a number of different things you can do. It's like a co-creating story with your partner. You're co-creating this uh, erotic story with them and uh, you guys are deciding what what makes sense. But there's so many exciting um, kind of game that you can play with your lover. So it's endless opportunity. It's just a matter of showing up in those happy hour date times with openness and uh, kind of having this playful attitude. Like the worst thing is like you guys are trying something and it's just not your thing. But taking the risk of incorporating new things can be very um, uh, helpful for the relationship. I love that. I love that you, I love how you described it. Co-creating, you're co-creating a story. You're co-creating this experience. And while you're co-creating it, I remember when we, Willie and I, we we took your course on our drive to San Jose and then on the drive back, it's like a long drive. And we both got so excited about that co-creation, you know, about us being both involved in some of the things that we've wanted to do and wanted to try, but we were so afraid of bringing it up. And what into what I found happening with that co-creation is it provided me with this opportunity to see my husband 
view me as sexy. And although he might say it, it was something totally different because I got to see like how excited he was. And like some of the ideas were like hell to the yes. Yeah. Like why haven't we tried this before? And it was because, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying, there was so much fear or so much insecurity or whatever we've learned as kids with not being able to say these things out loud. But this is a person that we want or plan on spending the rest of our life with. And so with that, we get to make this so much fun. So much fun. Is there a website, since I agree with you with regard to porn, you know, it 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 does. It, you know, unfortunately with porn, there's a lot of things that um fall into like you know our our drop some insecurities of ourselves. Um, you know, well, wait a minute, she looks that way. And when I turn over, bend over that way, oh look that way. And, you know, dang, wow, she's doing it that way. I don't know if I could do that, you know, or I don't know if I could hold my leg up for that long. You know, it's, it's all these expectations we put on ourselves that are unrealistic. Is there like a website that you would recommend that's not necessarily porn, but maybe a little bit higher class? Well, you brought up such a great point because even with my clients that they like morally, it doesn't conflict with uh, their values from watching porn. They just don't like it. It's like, I don't see myself in this person and their mind keep going to this place of, okay, this, there's no story, all of that. Um, I I have a list of the uh, kind of like number of things that I think I shared with you in the past of the books, the website audio books, audio podcasts that can people listen to and they are uh, helping them to kind of explore different parts of themselves. So I'll, I'll send the information to you. And if you feel it's useful for your audience, share it with people. But it's just a matter of finding what works for you. Many, many of my female clients, they love reading because it helps them to see things in the, from their kind of like uh, eyes, mind. It's more uh, erotically charged. But there are websites that they have uh, videos of everyday couples. And they have a couple of suggestions there. And that can help people to see themselves in, in, the, uh, in these stories. So I think those are some of the more popular ones among my clients. What other mistakes do you see wives um, making in the bedroom? Well, the other piece that is very interesting is that people think about if we have a good relationship, if we are good friends, sex is automatically good. And that is not the case. Sexual relationship and the uh, actual relationship are different. Of course, it helps if you have good relationship with your partner. Uh, so it's easier to communicate what you uh, what you like and dislike. But there needs to be uh, some other elements present for people to have good sex life. One is this element of novelty and playfulness. The other thing that you brought up that was just so on point is when we are with someone long term, we think we know them. Like, you know, what's what's going to be the surprise? I know exactly they are. We've been doing these sexual experiences for uh, for months and years, and there's no surprise. But whenever you're bringing some mystery the part of you that you haven't showed to the partner, that can be incredibly sexy. So it's kind of creating this erotic bank with your partner is really, really important of like showing different part of yourself, introducing your erotic self. I think that's important. Uh, and again, thinking about just having good relationship doesn't mean like translates to having great sex. Yeah, not at all. I'm glad. I'm really glad you pointed that out. Um, because that that is the expectation, and I find a lot of couples are upset with each other because that lack. There's a huge lack, you know, in that um, in that area. It it is an expectation and does place a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on both ends of what needs to happen versus okay, how can we co-create or how can we do this together and make it happen, you know, as a team collectively. Absolutely. What would you say is the last mistake wives make in the bedroom? The other mistake that people make is, and I see it a lot among uh, busy mothers, is that they think uh, sexual desire is something they can uh, turn it on when they need it. So when you are repressing that part of yourself, it's not going to show up for you when you need it. So it's really important for you to think about it at the garden. 
of like planting seeds, kind of like having, allowing yourself to have sexual thoughts and reading things that's erotically charged for you and also taking care of yourself. Uh, one thing that I hear from many women that's a psychological uh, kind of break for them to feel sexy is like not allowing themselves to feel like a woman, like taking care of themselves. So it's important to invest in that part of you. So uh, when you are in the bedroom, you you can channel that part of you with your partner. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are the common things that you see? So when couples do all of these things that we, that are maybe unhealthy, I shouldn't say shouldn't do, but that are maybe unhealthy, when wives do these things, what do you see as the outcome? How do you see it impacting the relationship? Like what's the end? What are the consequences to this? Well, one of the common ones, I see that people are like long-term, they don't have any affection for each other, they don't care for each other, and they're going to kind of impact the relationship outside the bedroom. So you constantly be caring with your partner, you feel resentful toward them uh, because you feel rejected. So this is a dynamic I see a lot. At the beginning, one partner uh, tries to initiate sex and the other partner is saying no for a number of different reasons. Like when you're not in the mood, you just don't want to have sex and the other partner feels rejected. Not that you're rejecting me having sex with you, you're rejecting me as a partner, as a human. And that can create major resentment, frustration, and can really impact a relationship. So I think it's important to think about if this is the sexual avoidance cycle that you're part of it. If if you are saying no to your partner every time or most of the time, uh, what can you do to change this? And kind of identifying what is the underlying reason for that. Yeah. What do you find is usually the underlying reason when you're working with um, women or couples? Well, there are a number of limiting beliefs. One is that in a long-term marriages cannot be passionate, right? Like going back to you haven't seen your parents being passionate, your friends are in a sexless relationship, so you feel it's impossible to have good relationships. That's part of it. The other part that I see is you have or your partner, they have unresolved mental health challenges, right? That we're struggling with depression, anxiety, ADHD, postpartum, all of this in stress. We're not addressing those issues. And now it's impacting our sex drive. So that's part of it. And the other one is the history of infidelities. Like betrayal and infidelity, unfortunately, are common. Um, Some statistics shows that up to 50% of people in a long-term marriage, they experience that. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to repair the relationship or have great sex afterwards. But what happens is people often don't truly address it. They don't go to therapy. They don't talk about it. They uh, they try to kind of minimize the experience for a number of different reasons. And that leads them to not feel connected with their partner and they no longer have satisfying sexual experiences. Yeah, that one's that one's really, really big. Really, really big. I hear that often. You know, and I'm, I appreciate you sharing that you can definitely come back from infidelity, but when you're on this hamster wheel and you've been on it for so long, you know, it, it is, it's kind of like resentment being the silent killer of, of marriages. That complacency is truly, it is, it is, it is truly a killer of marriages. What would you say is one piece of advice you would give our listeners that you would want them to apply right away? Well, I want them to start understanding their part of their sexual self. I want you to invest in yourself. It doesn't mean that your brand of sexuality needs to look like my brand of sexuality. I want you to think about what are some of the things that makes you feel alive? Like what are some of the things that gives you pleasure? And the first good step is connecting with pleasure and kind of starting with kind of planting seeds in the garden of eroticism. And it could be as simple as you're watching the steamy romance series that you like again. And kind of really visualizing yourself as an actress. So we want to make sure that you are connecting with that part of yourself. And reading, watching things are a good, easy way. With with you, Nazanin, coming from a very conservative background, how did you start to dabble in? Like, how did that happen? Because I imagine, like, it, sex is obviously very much taboo. It's, it's very much a Mexican culture as well. 
you know, it's something we don't talk about. How did you start to dabble into that and slowly become more and more confident and, and secure in taking these steps outside of your comfort zone? Well, one of the things that led me to this path was, and I, sh- I shared that with you, that I, during sex, sex was painful for me for years. It was something that I felt that you have to tolerate the pain, and that's how it is. And it wasn't until I started seeing a sex therapist, I think, no, sex can be pleasurable, and there are completely easy ways to address the pain. And that's how I I got interested into, okay, what are some of the limiting beliefs that cause women to not experience pleasure during sex because sex is about pleasure. So that's how I started looking at this. And I think one thing that's really been powerful for me, seeing other women that are looking like me have same uh, background, they're talking about sex, right? Because when we're thinking about sex, at least in my generation, you're thinking about women who are talking about it mostly porn stars, people are who are very different than me, and I cannot see myself in those people. But when I hear from uh, other podcasts, I hear from colleagues, other women who are in a, a monogamous relationship and are talking about steps that people can take to improve their sex life, that was very powerful for me because I could see myself in those women. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. It is helpful because it feels like it's, it kind of normalizes it. So it's no longer that I have to be this person. I already am this person. I love that. In closing, what would you say are the biggest benefits from um, stepping outside of your comfort zone and really being in touch with you as a person, as a woman, and feeling confident and knowing, you know, what pleases you? Um what excites you? What, what have you noticed as the biggest benefits of doing that? Well, first of all, it's there's number of different benefits with connecting with your sexual self. Uh, one of it is this feeling like being alive. You're connected to this uh, pleasurable part of life and being uh, connected with your sexuality can be a source of creativity. You become more creative when you are feeling more alive. There are an stu- there was a study that was very interesting that showed that people who are sexually more uh, active with their partner they have more uh, they have more earning. You earn more even right oh, because you are. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're happy, you are experiencing pleasure in your life, and then it can be beneficial for your relationship, for you, for your confidence. So, uh, ladies, it's totally worth it. (laughs) You know what? And that's so crazy because as you're saying that, you know, I thought about what you just said of, of you're more successful, you know, you're earning more. And that is so true. And I can see that being true because you're more accepting to earning more. You, you're accepting of it. And in addition to that, you feel definitely deserving of it, you know, because of the work that you're doing on yourself. Oh my gosh. I've never thought about it that way. That is amazing. Yeah. It's so true. I feel that as well. And you know, great sex, especially with someone that you care for, it makes you feel validated, make you feel seen. And that energy can uh, transfer to other part of your life. So when you feel like more confident, of course, you'll be more successful in the business as a mother and all around. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. What is the last piece of advice you'd give our audience? Well, my last piece of advice is to start uh, kind of scheduling sex, <laughs> going back to the... <laughs> every Wednesday, every Wednesday at 10 o'clock. <laughs> scheduling sex and putting it in the calendar, even if your partner is not 100% on board with this. And what you're doing is creating a list of menu together of the fun things you can do so it doesn't feel like a pressure of uh, Sunday, 10 a.m., we have to have intercourse, right? So, like, let's keep it playful. So uh, if I want to give one advice, is like, about scheduling sex. Hell yes. Ladies, schedule sex. Schedule sex. Co-create. Pay attention to the stories you tell yourself. And read. Read. Or I love that you also gave us, like, watch that movie or watch whatever film that excited you. Go back and imagine yourself. That's totally something I'm going to do. I know that's TMI, but I'm totally doing it. But watch yourself in that role, in that character. Because 
I mean, how many movies have we watched where it's like, oh, I'm feeling it right now. It's happening. You know, um, that Fifty Shades, name whatever movie, the first one, the second one, I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally see myself doing that to Willie or tying his ass up. Or, You know, what was very interesting for me was Bridgerton. Like, I'm not a virgin girl, but I was like, oh, God, this is hot. <laughs> Where can I find a duke? <laughs> I can see Arash dressing up as a duke. I can totally see it. <laughs> Things you do for your marriage. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I've actually asked Willie, I was like, babe, we got to put that uniform back on. It's been a minute. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. Yes. Uniforms are hot. Maybe he can lend that to Arash. <laughs> he definitely will. He has plenty of them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dr. Wally, thank you so much for being on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can the audience find you? They can check out my website at sexologypodcast.com. And I have the uh, Instagram account with the same handle, sexologypodcast. Awesome. And then you also have a freebie for us. It's a really good freebie. Thank you. So it's a list of the books and the uh, kind of like websites people can go to and uh, kind of like audio material. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the link so you can share it with your uh, listeners. So it's because it's all about planting seeds. And I know that at times my clients like Google porn and they get shocked what comes up. <laughs> so these are <laughs> these are more curated lists of things that you can uh, look. And I am not affiliated with any of them. So uh, it's an honest list. Uh, I love it. I love it. I've checked that list out. It was in your course. It was awesome. It was awesome. Thank you. We'll definitely have it in the show notes. Well, thank you so much. It's been amazing. I appreciate all of the feedback that you've given us. It definitely left me thinking about like, huh, I haven't scheduled sex in a minute. So I got to get back on that. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you for providing this wonderful resource. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so, I'm so, so thankful and blessed that I've met you. I get to call you my friend and you've provided everybody, this audience, just with really, really useful material that they can apply right now. Thank you so much. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen. And I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. 
The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictivemind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.